Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Welcome back to another episode on Grieving Moms Podcast. This is episode number 90. And today we're talking about radical responsibility. Before we dive in, I just, as always, want to remind you or ask you to go leave a review um, of Grieving Moms Podcast if this has been a support, a guide, a help, a tool, a resource for you on your grief journey to go leave a review so other people can find this podcast and, and really start to listen in as well. And if you want to share it with a friend, that would be amazing. So radical responsibility, what is this? One of the biggest changes I've made in my own personal life, specifically with myself, is taking responsibility for my actions, for my emotions, for how I behave, all of these things. This episode is a big one. And so I just want to encourage you to buckle up and really open yourself up to a different perspective. Um, it can be really hard to do this work. And as I always say, because I know how quickly we can begin to pick apart and judge ourselves, how quickly as women and moms, especially when you are grieving and trying to hold your whole world together and everything is just falling apart around you and you feel like you're trying to do everything you can. And then, you know, I've come here and talk about taking responsibility and you're like, I, I'm already trying to do everything I can. How can I even begin to do anything else? And the whole purpose of my work and what I do is to help you learn tools to create more joy, more freedom, emotional capacity, and ability to work through this really, really horrific time. And that all comes with becoming more aware and more responsible over your thoughts, emotions, and actions in your life. And so I want to encourage you to look at yourself and your life with curiosity instead of that judgment and ask, where can I take responsibility and then also, where is it not my responsibility to take and I need to set up some boundaries? So this is where I want to share a quick metaphor with you about being coachable and being open to new possibilities. This is a little story about a man who went to some wise person to seek counsel. He went there and tried to impress the person with all that he knew. Um, he was just talking and talking. And while he was talking, this wise person had filled up his cup to give him some tea. And as he was filling it up and pouring it, it just, you know, he just filled it over the top as the man kissed, kept talking. And the man got angry because it's his cup, you know, filled over and spilled all over him. And he asked why he did that. And the wise person told him that when your cup is full, you cannot learn anything new. And so that's just a little story for what I hope you can open your heart and mind to begin talking about responsibility responsibility today to begin to get curious about yourself and your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, everything like that. 
So what does it mean to take responsibility? There's a term called radical responsibility that you take responsibility for everything in your life. Um, in terms of, I've used this for myself in terms of emotions, thoughts, and how I act. Obviously, I have a belief that God is in control and that God guides our life and and really takes care of us in that way. But I also believe that we have free will and the ability to control our emotions and our thoughts and how we act in our lives and and to take responsibility for them and own them is so, so important. So, so often it's, we, we want to think or we feel like if that other person could just act in a different way or my friends or family just wouldn't say those mean things to me. If my husband would just be a little bit more caring, then I would be happier. Or I could be nicer. We wait for others to be better and blaming them for our problems. But something I teach and coach on is that we do not have control over other people's actions or emotions, which is, <laughs> which is really hard, right? I mean, I would love to be able to control everyone in my life. I would love if everyone acted exactly how I wanted them to. I would love if they <laughs> made me feel good, if I, you know, that they did everything that I thought they should. All of those things, I would love that. And I know you would too, but if we spend our lives trying to control how other people are going to act or feel, we lead a very depressing life because we have no control over that. We struggle and feel responsible then when someone else gets mad or they do something we don't like. And the thing I share over and over and over and the work that I do is really helping you. The only person that you have control over is you. You are the only person that can be responsible for your emotions your thoughts, and your actions. Underneath that is that no one else can make you feel or act a certain way. Again, it's easy to blame others who make you sad, angry, frustrated, whatever emotion comes up for you. But this doesn't mean that you can't have conversations about how you're feeling and boundaries and anything like that. It's not taking any responsibility away from other people, but that you have thoughts about what happened and that's what causes the emotion. So let me give you an example for from my own life. Previously in our marriage, if Justin, my husband, ever did anything that I perceived as wrong or something that I didn't like, I immediately went into blaming and anger mode. I had thoughts like, why does he always have to do this? And then I'd chew him out for the ways that he did things wrong and get frustrated at him. And I never took responsibility for my part. It was so much, e so much easier to place all the blame on him, to be like, it's all your fault. Why do you have to do this? Come on, like, what's wrong with you? But what if there was no need for blame? <laughs> I have realized, as I've paid attention to this, that when I get frustrated, that I want to find someone to blame. Like even something pretty minor in my life that happens that I get frustrated. My first response is like wanting to blame Justin or blame somebody else in my life. Like it's their problem. Ugh. Like it so often ends up being Justin who I want to blame. But what if I just took responsibility for my part, not meaning I'm blaming myself. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, using that energy of blame, but and noticing that this is where I'm responsible and 
taking that responsibility instead of immediately trying to figure out where I can push that onto other people. So how does this relate to grief? How, how does any of this, you know, taking responsibility in your life? Because grief magnifies everything. It makes our emotions bigger. It makes our actions more extreme. It makes what tri- what triggers us more intense. It makes our a- actions, reactions, responses more intense. Um, when you take, you know, a step back and check in, you can ask, where is my part in there? How am I managing my mind? How am I managing my emotions? Am I allowing myself to feel and grieve in the way that I need to? So this is something that comes up often as people say, no, other people don't let me. My husband doesn't let me. My children don't let me. My job doesn't let me. Whatever it is that's stopping you from grieving in the way that you want to, it's all about taking responsibility for that. Are you allowing yourself to take that time to grieve? Um, Or are you blaming someone else that they are not letting you? So things like, you know, asking yourself, am I pushing people away because they said something or did something that I didn't like? Did I communicate with that with them or did I just shut them out? Am I isolating myself and wishing people would reach out and yet I don't do anything to reach out or let others know that I need help? Where is the responsibility in your life? And how often are you blaming others instead of doing the work on yourself? And I totally, 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 totally get it. I know that it can feel like this is the way it is, like they're not going to change. It's easier to blame others. I know that it feels like you are actually doing something and I get it because I've tried this so many times. It's easier to play victim and blame everyone else instead of diving into the work. I also know that with grief, this adds a layer of exhaustion, like you're so tired and sometimes you just don't have the energy for it. Sometimes you're just like, I don't even have the energy to do this work. I don't feel like taking responsibility. I don't feel like, you know, (laughs) paying attention to my thoughts. I don't feel like trying to explain anything because I'm just so, so tired. So I get it. But in the end, the person that you are hurting the most is yourself. And so this is for when you are ready to make the change. Like this is when you are tired of living the way you are. I know that each of you listening will have this happen at a different time in your grief journey, and maybe you won't ever be interested in taking radical responsibility. Maybe that's not going to be for you, but I truly hope you will because it gives you so much more control in your life because you're not waiting for other people to come and save you. So for me in grief, taking responsibility looks like this, that yes, my daughter died. It's horrific. It's awful. I did not choose this, and I don't need to take responsibility for her death. I didn't choose for her to die, and I know you didn't choose for your child to die, but side note, you might be in a place right now where you are trying to take responsibility for your child's death, where that guilt is overwhelming and kind of eating you up inside, and that's something that definitely you can work through and process, but We all get to make a choice in how we move forward in our lives. Again, there's no judgment here because it's a choice that we we each personally have to make for ourselves. But the thing is, when you say you're not making a choice, you are making a choice. You 
make a choice to get up or stay down. Not choosing or giving up is also a choice. So whatever you decide, this is the choice you make. So often in my early days of grief, I always said I didn't have a choice, which, you know, people will say to you, how do you do it? How do you keep going? How are you even, you know, getting through the day? Because they look at you and they can't believe when they think of it, they think that they wouldn't be able to do what you're doing. And of course, it's like, I don't have a choice. I didn't choose this. I just have to keep going, you know? But my therapist so nicely reminded me that you do get to make a choice. You can make the choices that help help you get to where you want to go or choices that cause a lot more pain to you and the ones you love. So the example with him was I told him that I had no choice to come to therapy, but to come to therapy. I, For me, it was just a, a no-brainer. There was no other option to not seek help because I knew I couldn't do this alone. I truly wanted a better life than the suffering I was in. And I knew that I needed to take steps in order to get that. And he told me that he had had clients who had gambled away their house, who had made different choices instead of choosing to get help. So this is where we get to learn that we do have choices and we get to take responsibility for that in our lives. So this is where you can begin to look at your own life and take responsibility for what's going on for how you're choosing to move forward or not move forward and what you're choosing to do on your grief journey. So truly this taking responsibility for me and I I truly believe for you gives you the freedom and the ability to make the changes that you want because you know we keep waiting for other people to change for other people to do things. But when you decide that you get to take the responsibility into your life. You're not waiting for someone else to come in and do it for you. You're not waiting for someone else to change. You are not waiting, you know, for for other things to happen. You're not blaming it on other people. You're just deciding that right now, right here, you get to decide how you're going to move forward. And you can immediately start to judge yourself and the choices that you have made in your grief journey thus far. Or you can decide that taking responsibility is empowering and gives you those reins back in your life that you can get up and start taking steps to where you want to go. I feel like so many things in my life changed. My marriage, my own personal decisions, I guess. I don't know. A lot, a lot in my marriage changed when I started taking responsibility for my actions. This is something that is kind of painful, but Justin shared with me that he would dread dread coming home from work because he felt like he had to walk on eggshells around me. He felt like he couldn't do anything right, and I was always angry. So this was before Aria died. It was, you know, the way that we had lived in our marriage for a long time. And when I decided to take responsibility for my actions, for my behavior, I realized that I don't need to barf all of my garbage all over him. I don't need to blame him or get angry because he was home 10 minutes later than I expected. This is like all these realizations in my life have created such a better marriage for us, a better marriage where we can communicate, a better place where like I'm taking responsibility for what I'm doing in my life and So when we understand that we are both taking responsibility for our own actions, and I understand that 
maybe your spouse isn't in this place, but we can always start with ourselves. That's kind of the thing. And like, if we have a conversation and one of us is blaming, we can be like, hey, let's take a step back. We don't need to blame. Like, how do we both take, you know, responsibility, but we put up boundaries where we will not take, um, you know, responsibility for the other person's part of the situation. And then we can have a calm and connected conversation. And like I was saying earlier that when taking responsibility, you can also draw boundaries and you do not need to take on things that are, are not yours. For example, other people's emotions, expectations, or actions that are not yours to carry. This does not mean blaming yourself or others, but really holding space for what is actually going on. So I know that this episode is a lot, and I feel like I didn't even fully cover it to the heart and extent that I could, Um, but maybe... When you first hear me talk about this, you might get offended or feel like I'm attacking you or get a little defensive or like that's, you know, it is their problem. It is my spouse's problem. It is my parents' problem or my in-laws problem. Whoever it was, like, can't you see you? They did that. And I promise that's not my goal. (laughs) I hope that my own stories and how I learned how to take responsibility for things in my life can help you begin to look at your own life And know that you have no control over other people. You have absolutely no control. And the only person you have control over is yourself. And it's really, it's really, really empowering, truly, when you realize that the only person that you can change is yourself. And if you are ready to do this work and you want a guide and a coach to help you sift through the emotions, the thoughts, And all the things that are keeping you stuck where you are at and from fully living your life, even though the worst has happened, you can check out carryinggriefcoaching.com, that's C-A-R-R-Y-I-N-G, griefcoaching.com, to learn how you can work one-on-one with me and I can help guide you through all of this, through learning how to notice your thoughts, process your thoughts, take responsibility for all of your thoughts and emotions, and really take some ownership back in it instead of waiting for other people to change. And, you know, it's, it really is up to you. As always, I'm holding you in my heart every single day from one grieving mom to another. Take care. If you have found support, encouragement, and changes on your grief journey from this podcast, I want to invite you to come check out Stop Talking, Start Feeling. It's my mini workshop that takes what I talk about on this podcast and really brings it to a tangible, practical level. It dives into emotions and thoughts and how you can begin to process and move through them. There are also sections on releasing and processing sadness and guilt, which so often come up after your child dies. Join me over at www.stoptalkingstartfeeling.com. That's stoptalkingstartfeeling.com.